Hello, hope you are well. I'm just doing this out of obedience. Um, so God told me to read Ezekiel 4 and 5. So I'm going to read that. And now, this is NLT. And now, son of man, take a large clay brick and set it down in front of you. Then draw a map of the city of Jerusalem on it. Okay, so I'm reading Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet in Israel during a time of just before the siege. And we're reading about how God used him to prophesy about the exile of the children of Israel because of their sin, which was mostly due to idolatry because God had sent out the children of Israel or the um, the descendants of Abraham who had been in slavery in Egypt. He had commanded them that for them to get to their promised land or the land that Abraham had prom had been promised by God that he would um, have his descendants settled there, that one of the conditions was that they could not, they could not worship other gods because he's a jealous God and he's the one that brought them out of slavery. So he brought them out of bondage so that they would worship him, love him, get to know him. But instead, they started to double or um, sort of try and pretend that they were worshiping God um, while... In reality, they were sacrificing to idols, following um, idolatry, which is the worship of other gods. Um, they had fallen into the idol worship of their um, neighbors and the people that they were actually supposed to drive out. You see, God wanted to make them pure so that they would be an example of what a people sold out to God would look like in other words he was going to show them off uh, bless them as a result of them uh, being loyal to him but they sort of denied him and walked away and turned their backs on him and this is a result of that um, disobedience they were to go into exile and exile as you probably know is when you leave your own country there is an invasion by a foreign country and these foreigners, they invade your country, take everything, loot you, loot your nation. Basically, they take over and they don't even have to live there. They just use your territory as part of their territory. They sort of um, blot you out of the map and you've seen a lot of invasions and exiles even in the recent past. So this Jews were going to be refugees, but they were going to go into exile. Basically, they were going to be exiled by God himself, sent to a different nation, which is mostly Babylon uh, and the greater Asia Minor. And they were going to be part of other, other nations, other tribes, kingdoms, while all along God had set them apart to be a unique kingdom all by themselves, ruling themselves in peace having blessings, abundance, everything catered for, their food, their provisions, their their ruler, their own ruler. Well, God wanted to be their own ruler, but, you know, they chose a king, so hey. But anyway, they were supposed to be prosperous, but God yanked away their prosperity, took away his blessing by sending them away to exile. So this is what 
Ezekiel was foretelling or prophesying about, and this is God's instructions to Ezekiel, about what he should say to illustrate what would happen to the disobedient or rebellious people of God. And now, son of man, take a large clay brick, set it down in front of you, then draw a map of the city of Jerusalem on it. Show the city under siege. Build a wall around it so no one can escape. Set up the enemy camp and surround the city with siege ramps and battering rams. Then take an iron griddle and place it between you and the city. Turn towards the city and demonstrate how harsh the siege will be against Jerusalem. This will be a warning to the people of Israel. So God was actually kind enough to warn the children of Israel before he even took action. And this is what happens. God will keep warning you before you before he punishes, before he mets out judgment. So verse 4 says, Now lie on your left side and place the sins of Israel on yourself. You are to bear their sins for the number of days you lie there on your side. I am requiring you to bear Israel's sins for 390 days, one day for each year of their sin. After that, turn over and lie on your right side for 40 days, one day for each year of Judah's sin. Uh, meanwhile, keep staring at the siege of Jerusalem. Lie there with your arm barred and prophesy her destruction. I will tie you up with ropes so you won't be able to turn from side to side until the days of your siege have been completed. So Ezekiel was going to bear the punishment of the Israelites as an individual, as a servant of God. He was not just demonstrating it, he was actually experiencing the pain in his body lying on one side for 390 days, one day for each year of the sin of the Israelites. And then he was to turn over and to the other side and lie for 40 days, one day for each year of Judah's sin. So the first one was for Israel's sin, the 390 days, and 40 days for Judah's sin. So as servants of God, sometimes you'll be called upon to demonstrate, Father, to demonstrate the anguish, the pain, the sorrow that is about to happen on a larger scale. Uh, it is not that things are just happening to you, but as a prophet of God, a servant of God, you're actually acting out. God is using you to show, to illustrate what is about to happen. And I believe Ezekiel lying on one side, 390 days, watching, looking in full view, Jerusalem in full view of him, illustrated as a, as a city under siege. He was interceding. There was intercession in his heart. Can you imagine lying on one side and God himself said, I will 
tie you up with ropes so that you won't be able to turn from side to side. Can you imagine lying on your oh, side for 390 days? I mean, lying on one side for just a couple of hours in your sleep. In your sleep, maybe for six hours, but, but can you imagine doing it day and night? Day and night for two days, three days, four days, five days, ten days, twenty days, thirty, fifty, a hundred, three hundred and ninety What would even make him obey God like that? Except the fear of God. And then the intercession probably. Because he was feeling that pain, the discomfort, the agony really. He was in agony to try and warn these people to repent and to stop sinning against God so God will require you to lie on your side even if it's not exactly that probably something similar to demonstrate or to warn to warn the impending judgment it's about to happen He says in verse 7, Meanwhile, keep staring at the siege of Jerusalem. What do you think was going through Ezekiel's mind? Was he crying for the city? I don't think he was just staring at, at, the, at the model of Jerusalem that he'd been told to create uh, as a large clay brick. Father. He must have been saying, Father, have mercy. God have mercy on your children. But he was bearing the pain on their behalf. And sometimes God calls you to fast and pray and deny yourself. Go through agony for a nation, for your family, for a community. Mm. And it is very likely uh, that these pains Ezekiel took for himself probably saved Jerusalem from wars. Or maybe that's what helped to turn their captivity, as we will see later. You don't know. You don't know the power of a prophetic act. Ezekiel was undergoing live and in person a demonstration of a prophetic act meant to warn people oh and as servants of God as a prophet as a prophetess your life will be a warning <gasps> if you obey God and it says now go get some wheat Barley, beans, lentils, millet, and emma wheat. Whew. 
wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and emma wheat. Mix them together in a storage jar. Use them to make bread for yourself. During the 390 days, you'll be lying on your side. Ration this out to yourself. Eight ounces of food. Do you know, I checked, uh, there's a little note in NLT. That's 228 grams. Only 200 grams of food. And it says, ration this out for your, to yourself. Eight ounces of food for each day. Can you imagine eating only 200 grams? Of food every day the weight of 200 grams is less than even a quarter of a kilo that's not even a quarter of a kilo that's not even a quarter oof mm. it's like the size of an apple that's it the whole day and then he said and eat it at set times. Doesn't that sound like the suffering? Actually, when you go up, back up, it says in verse 5, I'm requiring you to bear Israel's sins. Isn't that what Jesus did? Uh, doesn't it sound like Jesus? Wasn't Ezekiel acting out? What Jesus would do? Suffering because of the sins of others. Ezekiel did not do anything wrong. Jesus did not do anything wrong. But because of others, because of the sins of many, he had to do this. He was crucified. He was beaten up. Left for dead, naked, alone, rejected. He bore sins of the world. But Ezekiel here. Oh was required to bear the sins of Israel for a total of 430 days. 430 days is a year and a half plus some days. Because a year and a half is 360. So 430 is almost 18 months. Wow. 430 days. How many of you can do something? For 430 days, bearing the sins of people that you 
you didn't even do anything wrong you don't even know these people majority of them but anyway god required that uh, and you know what uh, all i can hear is 430 days that is all that is on my mind right now 430 days 430 days 430 days if you divide 430 by 30 to represent a month Four hundred and thirty days divided by thirty. Huh? How how much is that? So it's one and four fourteen months. Wow. Yeah, but it's over an a year. It's just over an year. Oof. Could anybody do this? Could anybody do this for another? You know, Ezekiel had to demonstrate what it would look like. what it would look like for a person to bear the sins of others that's actually what happened Ezekiel had to show the world show Israel what it looks like to intercede in action in bodily oof mental spiritual physical capacity he went above and beyond and that's what jesus did and that's what jesus models for us oof a servant of god look at the ration ration this out to yourself 8 ounces of food for each day and eat at set times then measure out a jar of water for each day and drink it at set times prepare and eat this food as you would barley cakes do you know the discipline it takes to only eat at certain times there's no freedom you're constraining yourself in obedience to god says and measure out a jar of water for each day and drink it at set times prepare and eat this food as you would barley cakes while all the people are watching bake it over a fire using dried human dung as a fuel and then eat the bread then the lord said 
This is how Israel will eat defiled bread in the Gentile lands to which I will punish them. Then, then I said, O sovereign Lord, must I be defiled by using human dung? For I have never been defiled before. From the time I was a child until now, I have never eaten any animal that died of sickness or was killed by other animals. I have never eaten any meat forbidden by law. All right, the Lord said, you, may, you bake your bread with cow dung instead of human dung. So he had been told to use human dung as fuel initially, but he pleaded with God and then God changed it, which shows that God is merciful. God is merciful. If you plead your case, then he told me, Son of man, I will make food very scarce in Jerusalem. Listen to that. And Ezekiel was eating only 200 grams a day just to illustrate this. <sighs> because some people don't listen. They need a visual aid. And even that visual aid, they still don't get it. Right? But you could see the effort that God is going into. The pains of using somebody to show them what will happen to them if they don't turn away from their sins. Ah, Because he loves them. He loves Jer Jerusalem. He loved Jerusalem. He still does. That's where his temple was. That's where his holy presence was. And he had a covenant with Abraham. His friend, you'll see, we'll get to the next part. Then we'll see what happens. Then he told me, Son of man, I will make food very scarce in Jerusalem. It will be weighed out with great care and eaten fearfully. The water will be rationed out drop by drop. Hear this. And the people will drink it with dismay. So that's what happens when we disobey. We purchase sorrow for ourselves. Sorrow. And outrightly rebelling from God's will. Aren't the people of Israel this kind of disgrace, fear, suffering, hunger. Look, I will make food very scarce in Jerusalem. Then the water will be rationed out drop by drop. This is what Ezekiel was illustrating. Lacking food and water, people will look at one another in terror and they will waste away under punishment, under their punishment. Wasting away. So God was using this to show them what was coming. There are many times things will happen as a warning. In chapter 5 it says, Son of man, take a sharp sword and use it as a razor whew, to shave your head and beard. That is another one. Still another illustration. Shave your head and beard. He's trying to get the attention of his children. God is just trying to get the attention of his children. 
Use a scale to weigh the hair into three equal parts. Place a third of it at the center of your map of Jerusalem. After acting out the siege, burn it there. Scatter another third across your map and chop it with a sword. Scatter the last third to the wind, for I will scatter my people with the sword. Could God be saying that he will scatter you? Scatter us. Keep just a bit of the hair and tie it up in your robe. Then take some of this. Note, it's just a bit because it's a third and the last third, one third has gone with the wind. The other third has gone across the map and chopped up, chopped in, chopped with a sword. And another one, um, has been placed in the center and burnt. Burnt, chopped with a sword, scattered by the wind. <gasps> wow. Then take some of these hairs. It says, keep just a bit of the hair and tie it up in your robe. Then take some of these hairs out and blow and throw them into the fire burning them up. A fire will then spread from this remnant and destroy all of Israel. Wow. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. This is an illustration of what will happen to Jerusalem. I placed her at the center of the nations. Listen to this. But she has rebelled against my regulations and decrees and has been even more wicked than the surrounding nations. She has refused to obey the regulations and decrees I gave her to follow. She has refused to obey. That's painful. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. You people have behaved worse than your neighbors and have refused to obey my decrees and regulations. You have not even lived up to the standards of the nations around you, who, by the way, were very wicked. Therefore, I myself, the Sovereign Lord, am now your enemy. Mm. cannot imagine God being. I will punish you publicly while all the nations watch because of your detestable idols. I will punish you like I have never punished anyone before or ever will again. Parents will eat their own children and children will eat their parents. I will punish you and scatter you to the winds, the few who survive. So even those that were scattered were the few who survived. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will cut you off completely. My goodness. I will show you no pity at all. 
because you have defiled my temple with your vile images and detestable sins. A third of your people will die in the city from disease and famine. A third of the people will die in the city from disease and famine. A third of them will be slaughtered by the enemy outside the city walls. And I will scatter a third to the winds, chasing them with my sword. Then at last my anger will be spent and I will be satisfied. And when my fury against them has subsided, all Israel will know that I, the Lord, have spoken to them in my jealous anger. So I will turn you into a ruin, a mockery in the eyes of the surrounding nations. And to all who pass by, you will become an object of mockery and taunting and horror. You will be a warning to all the nations around you. Look at that. You will be a warning to all the nations around you. They will see what happens when the Lord punishes a nation in anger and rebukes it, says the Lord. I will show you with the deadly arrows of famine to destroy you. The famine will become more and more severe until every crumb of food is gone. And along with the famine, wild animals will attack you and rob you of your children. Wow. Disease and war will stalk your land and I will bring the sword of the enemy against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. And all this is because of your detestable idols. God doesn't play. He wants everything of yours. He wants you, all of you, no idolatry, no idols. The children of Israel had gone too far, trying to double deal, trying to smooch and smooth with idols, pretending that they are married to God at the same time. No, God wasn't having it. And that was the judgment. And guess what? It happened. Then in the other scripture that God gave me to read to you was Isaiah 41. It's the whole chapter. Listen in silence before me, you lands beyond the sea. Bring your strongest arguments. Come now and speak. The court is ready for your case. Who has stirred up this king from the east, rightly calling him to God's service? Who gives this man victory over many nations and permits him to trample their kings underfoot? With his sword, he reduces armies to dust. With his bow, he scatters them like chaff before the wind. He chases them away and does and goes on safely, though he is walking over unfamiliar ground. Who
who has done such mighty deeds summoning each new generation from the beginning of time it is i the lord the first and the last i am he the lands beyond the sea watch in fear remote lands tremble and mobilize for war the idol makers encourage one another saying to each other be strong the carver encourages the goldsmith and the molder helps at the anvil good they say it's coming along fine carefully they join the parts together then fasten the thing in place so it won't fall over but as for you israel my servant jacob my chosen one descended from abraham my friend i call i have called you back from the ends of the earth saying you are my servant for listen i have called you back oh from the ends of the earth saying you are my servant for i have chosen you and will not throw you away don't be afraid for i am with you don't be discouraged for i am your god i will strengthen you and help you i will hold you up by my victorious right hand see all your angry enemies lie there confused and humiliated anyone who opposes you will die and come to to nothing you will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you those who attack you will come to nothing for i hold you by your right hand i the lord your god will say to you don't be afraid i am here to help you though you are a lowly worm o jacob don't be afraid people of israel for i will help you i am the lord your redeemer i am the holy one of israel you will be a new threshing instrument with my sharp teeth you will tear your enemies apart making chaff of mountains you will toss them into the air and the wind will blow them all away a whirlwind will scatter them then you will rejoice in the lord you will glory in the holy one of israel then the poor and needy when the poor and needy search for water and there is none and their tongues are parched from thirst then i the lord will answer them i the god of israel will never abandon them i will open up rivers from them on the high plateaus i will give them fountains of water in the valleys i will fill the deserts with pools of water rivers fed by springs will flow across the parched ground i will plant trees in the barren desert cedar acacia myrtle olive cypress fir and pine i'm go- i'm doing this so all who see this miracle will understand what it means that it is the lord who has done this the only one of israel who created it present the case for your idols saying to the lord says the lord present the case for your idols says the lord let them show what they can do says the king of israel let them try to tell us what happened long ago so that we may consider the evidence or let them tell us what the future holds so we can know what's going to happen yes tell us what will occur in the days ahead then we will know you are gods in fact do anything good or bad do something that will amaze and frighten us but no you are less than nothing and can do nothing at all those who choose you pollute themselves 
but I have stirred up a leader who will approach from the north, from the east. He will call on my name. I will give him victory over kings and princes. He will trample them as a potter treads on clay. Who told you from the beginning that this would happen? Who predicts this, making you admit that he was right? No one said a word. I was the first to tell Zion, look, help is on the way. I will send Jerusalem a messenger with good news. Not one of your idols told you this. Not one gave any answer when I asked. See, they are all foolish, worthless things. All your idols are as empty as the wind. So God is saying, he's the one that's all-knowing, that reveals the truth and the secrets before time. And this is actually even a prediction of Jesus returning as a king who will trample over all the nations. And this is the king that the remnant here represents the church of God, the church of Christ. And God is saying that we should not be afraid, that he will give us victory over all our enemies. Now, our enemies are spiritual our enemies are the idols and they are demons behind idols. And that is the kingdom of darkness, basically. And God is saying he's more powerful. He knows everything that's going to happen. The end from the beginning, he knows it and has already told us that this will happen, that Jesus is coming back. And he will also, God will also create waters in deserts. He will do a miracle. In other words, he has turned it around where there was judgment. He is now blessing, doing a miracle for the good of the remnant, those who remained, those who remain, those he has chosen and remain in his love. He says, I am the Lord, your Redeemer. I am the Holy One of Israel. Mm. Though you are a lowly worm, O Jacob, don't be afraid, people of Israel, for I will help you. You will tear your enemies apart, making chaff of mountains. You will toss them in the air. Then you will rejoice in the Lord. You will glory in the Holy One of Israel. So as much as the, the people of Israel are a sign of what, can, what God can do in judgment against people that disobey him, and he showed his fury and anger. For them that remained, he also made them a sign and a wonder. For he granted them victory. He says, I am your victorious right hand. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. I will strengthen you and help you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. Don't be afraid for I am with you. So we got to remain steady for God. Don't follow the crowd into sin, into idolatry. When God has mercy and has spared you, as his church has been spared through many persecutions and trials, you must still stand. It says in verse 27, Look, help is on the way. I will send Jerusalem a messenger with good news. None of your idols will do this. 
No one gave any answer when I asked. So look. Help is on the way. Bye bye for now.